Good morning, Heritage family. This is Chad Hedgepath. I have Joseph Scavone with me and Shane Helm, and we are bringing you worship this morning from our front porch and from Shane's house. So glad to have you this morning. This is a time of uh, year uh, and the season of the virus that we can be very lonely, but I really felt uh, the Spirit bring us together last Sunday as virtually we were able to worship together, and there felt like uh, there was a sense of belonging and family, and I know that you felt the same. I received several emails over the week uh, encouraging um, one another, and I appreciate those. And I think probably the best part of last week was 90% of you sat there and worship in your pajamas and probably a cup of coffee. So if you're doing that this morning, you are more than welcome to do that. We welcome you to worship. And we will come together. We have several visitors also. Coming Street is also uh, joining us this morning. We welcome them and welcome in other visitors uh, that we have. So let's come together this morning and let's worship. Let us bow in prayer as we begin. Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for technology. Uh, thank you for uh, providing the skills to people uh, to put this together for us. We're so thankful for Joseph and his ability and those who are participating. And may we put aside all the worldly things that are going on and may we concentrate on you. Uh, may we lift you up. May we put you higher than anything else at this moment. Uh, we praise and we worship you this morning together in spirit and in truth. Uh, we are elated to have visitors with us other churches with us, and our own church family here at Heritage. Um, it is an honor to come before your throne and to worship you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that He is living, whatever men may say. I see His hand of mercy. I hear His voice of cheer. And just the time I need Him is always near. He lives, He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, He lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know He lives. He lives within my heart. Rejoice, rejoice, O Christian, lift up your voice and sing. Eternal hallelujahs to Jesus Christ the King. The hope of all who hike him, the help of all who find. None other is so loving, so good and kind. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. I heard an old, old story how a Savior came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. And there aloud is groaning of his precious blood's atoning. Then I repented of my sins and won the victory. 
Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing blood. I heard about his healing, of his cleansing power revealing, how he made the lame to walk again and caused the blind to see. And then I cried, near Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit. I then obeyed his blessed command and gained the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior, forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is due him. To victory beneath the cleansing blood. I know that my Redeemer lives and ever prays for me. I know eternal life He gives from sin and sorrow free. I know, I know that my Redeemer lives I know, I know, eternal life He gives. I know, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that over yonder stands a place prepared for me. A home, a house not made with hands most wonderful, to see. I know, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know, I know eternal life He gives. I know, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know, I know that my Redeemer lives. When I walked out here, I got to be honest, I was pretty nervous. I hope I didn't, you know, bomb this. <laughs> you know, because last time what happened? So on the screen, you were going to see my best friend, my wife Kelsey. She winds up uh, telling me with excitement and fear that she's pregnant. Nine months go by and my daughter's born. And the reason I know that my wife is the best in the world is because when I looked at my wife and I said, what do you want to name her? You think Madison or Avery? She looked at me and said, no, we have to name her Chloe Lynn, don't we? And I said, we don't have to do that. Why would you even think that? And she said, because you idiot. You already got your ex-girlfriend's name tattooed on your arm. <laughs> yeah. So we named her after my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> it's not true. It's not true. No, my ex-girlfriend's the devil, but it's on. <laughs> so everything's going my way. I'm coming up with my third deployment. I gotta go over to Afghanistan for my third time. Start putting our stuff on like normal. As we're going over what we're gonna do, we're strapping our gear on. We go out with the minesweeper and we start sweeping the ground back and forth. Back and forth, nothing alarms us or anything there. I take my backpack off and I set it on the ground. 
hits the ground, and underneath it is a bomb. Man, it takes my right arm, right leg automatically. They rush me into surgery, right? We're gonna fast forward into the surgery here. And they cut my left leg off because it's already gone. And then two days later, they have to cut my left arm off because the skin and neck are tied. So I'm a quadruple amputee. Three days later, I arrived at Walter Reed in Bethesda, Maryland. My wife came up to me, right? And I saw her. And when I finally got the chance to talk to her, I said, Kelsey, you don't have to do this. Take the house, take the cars, take whatever money we have saved up and go. This is not the life I would choose for you. And she thought about it, and she said, you know, I was thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. And then she came around, and she said, you know what? Handicapped parking sounds enticing. I'm, I'm going to stay. But if you can imagine, she actually, at 23, and I'm 25, and our daughter, six months old, said, you know what? I'm going to be here. We're going to get through this together. So I'm at Walter Reed, and I'm trying to recover. I had to find motivation. But I find motivation in my wife and my daughter. And all of a sudden, there's a brotherhood at Walter Reed. A robot walked into my room. And the first thing out of this guy's mouth was, hey, man, welcome to the club. I said, I don't want to be in your club. He said, kind of late now, don't you think? I said, oh, you got me there. And his name was Todd Nicely. And he showed me that with hard work and determination, I could walk again. And two things went off. Number one, this guy showed me the way that I can get better. I can still be there for my family. And number two, he's a Marine. And if a Marine can do it with how dumb they are, you know. So the things I wanted to accomplish, I wanted to be able to feed myself again. I wanted to be able to pick a fork up and put food in my mouth. You see, I, I couldn't do that for five weeks. At five weeks, I was out of my recovery stage enough where I was healed up and I could grab a fork. I also was tired of sitting in a wheelchair. I thought, you know what, I want to be able to walk again. So seven weeks and four days into my recovery, I took my very first steps at Walter Reed. It was very painful. It was not easy. And as I was walking around the track, they said, you'll walk one lap today. And I went ahead and walked three laps that day. And when I got done, I sat down, took a breather, and realized this could be something that I do. Now, the next thing, ladies and gentlemen, is my hand. Now, this thing's the coolest thing in the world. On the screen, you're going to see the most important hand that I own right there. It's not the one I'm wearing. No, that one. That one's called a Greifer. That hand is in a Crown Royal bag on the top shelf of my closet. Yeah. And nobody touches that hand because that hand closes 25 pounds of pressure. And you see, my daughter is seven years old. Yeah, in nine years, Johnny's going to come knocking at the door. And he's going to be like, hey, bro. I'm like, did you just bro me, Johnny? That's 25 pounds of pressure. He's like, ah, oh, dude, that hurts. Johnny, there's no strike two and three. This is two and three right here. Crunch. I break his hand. I know it's sad. He's like, let me go. Let me go. I pull Johnny close. I don't let him go. No. I say, Johnny, guess what? I don't know what. No fingerprints, Johnny. <laughs> Remember that, Johnny. When I got blown up and I was down and out and I was wondering why did this happen, I was embarrassed, I was angry, I was questioning, am I a bad person? Does God hate me? And the biggest question I honestly had, ladies and gentlemen, was why didn't I just die? Why did I live through this? And I found the answer in my family. And I found the answer in Todd Nicely, that corporal that came to see me that was retired from the Marine Corps, that told me I would be fine. So I decided I was gonna to talk to everybody I could that was at that hospital. And at Walter Reed, amputees are what you normally see. And me missing all four limbs, that was the worst you were gonna see. So I'd go room to room, and I'd say, hey, I'm Travis, you're gonna be fine. Same message Todd gave me from that experience. Some people found out I did that. I became known as the mayor of Building 62, and they made a documentary on me. I don't think my problems outweigh anybody else's. 
I am fortunate to live in a nation where I can wake up in the morning with no arms, no legs, strap my legs on, right, throw my arm on, go in the elevator and go out and live life to the fullest. Take my wife and my daughter wherever we want to go. The two life lessons that I have learned that I want you to go and pass along to everybody that you meet is number one, don't dwell on the past. I learned that because when I was sitting in my hospital bed, closing my eyes and wishing that this did not happen, I realized you're not going to change the past. I can't change what happened yesterday and I can't change what happened six years ago in Afghanistan. So I reminisce the 25 great years I had with legs and arms and I've had six pretty great years without them. But with that experience and so many more, is you can't always control your situation. But I can always control my attitude. John Davis sent me that video and I thought it was very appropriate for this time of um, the crisis that we're in. Um, it really talks about changing our attitude. And I want to make a couple of points off that. Look at 1 Peter, which I challenged you earlier in the week um, to be reading over. So if you want to go ahead and turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1, we'll start in verse 3. 1 Peter chapter 1, we will start there. Our first point is don't dwell in the past. Just like the gentleman in the video mentioned, don't dwell in the past. It is so easy for us, so easy for us to think about all the bad things we've done in our past, um, how I didn't do this or I did do this. Uh, we think about why did this happen to me? Why am I being quarantined right now? Why do I not feel well? Why do I have cancer? Why am I struggling financially? Uh, we have so many whys that we bring up of what's happened in our past that we forget about what's most important. And I think 1 Peter chapter 1 really hits on that. So look with me in your Bibles to 1 Peter 1, verse 3 through 9. It said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. It is in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Think about that, always thinking of the past, thinking of what I've done in the past that in verse 7, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Even gold itself in verse 7, even gold itself, how precious it is, how beautiful it is, has to be tested by fire just as we have been tested in the past. But we don't continue to think about those things. We think about what Jesus has done for us. And look at verse 8. Whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory. And finalizing in verse 9. Receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Don't dwell on the past. The past is behind us. We can only look to the future. We cannot question, why did I do that? Why do I have those sins? Those sins have been forgiven. 
because of what Jesus did for us. And we have the salvation of our souls given to us by the gift of Jesus Christ. My second point is this. You may not be able to control your situation. You may not be able to control your situation, but you can always control your attitude. That is so appropriate for us right now. We can't control what is happening to us. We can't control that we can't come to worship together in our building. We can't control that we're not allowed to leave our house for, um, except for certain reasons. We can't control those things. But we can control the attitude that we have at this moment. Turn with me over to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. This is some reassurance to us. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 1 through 5. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin that he no longer should live in the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of man, but for the will of God. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles, when we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, rivalries, drinking parties, and abdominal idolatries. In regard to these, they think it strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you. They will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Goes back to our point, our first point. Don't don't dwell in the past. You can't control those situations now. You can't control what happened in the past, but you can control the attitude that you have and the steps forward that you make. And I want to end with this. Just like one of the main points of the man on the video, you are going to be fine. Say that with me. You are going to be fine. First Peter 5, verse 6. I just want you to I just want you to listen to this. You are going to be fine. First Peter 5, verse 6. Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. God cares for you. And we're all in this together. We're all going to make we're all going to make it through this together because God is for us. And if he is for us, then who can be against us? Don't dwell on the past. You may not be able to control your situation, but you control your attitude, and we are all going to be fine because we have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. If we can help you in any way this morning, your leadership team is begging you, please let us know. Please let us know through phone call. Please let us know through an email, through a text. Uh, but please let us know how we can serve you. We want to help you in any and every way possible. God bless you, and let us continue singing together. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is risen from the dead and He is Lord. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's our King, He's our King. 
He is reigning over us and is our King. We adore and praise and lift up our voice to Jesus Christ our King. He is Lord, He is Lord. He is risen from the dead, and He is Lord. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Majesty, worship in majesty. Unto Jesus be all glory, power, and praise. Majesty, kingdom authority, flow from his throne unto his own, his anthem raise. So exalt. Lift up on I the name of Jesus. Magnify, come glorify Christ Jesus the King. Majesty, worship in majesty. Jesus tonight, now glorified. King of all kings, Jesus who died, now glorified, King of all kings. One day when heaven was filled with his praises, one day when sin was as black as could be, Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin, dwelt among men, my example is he. One day they led him up Calvary Mountain, one day they nailed him to die on the tree. Suffering anguish, despised and rejected, bearing our sins, my Redeemer is He. One day they left Him alone in the garden. One day He rested from suffering free. Angels came down for His tomb to keep vigil. Hope of the hopeless, my Savior is He. One day the grave could conceal Him no longer. One day the stone rolled away from the door. Then He arose over death He had conquered. Now is ascended my Lord evermore. Living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried 
my sin far away, rising and justified, grinning forever. One day he's coming, oh glorious day, rising and justified, grinning forever. One day he's coming, oh glorious day. Man of sorrow, what a name. God, a son of God who came, ruined sinners to reclaim. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Lifted up was he to die. It is finished, was his cry. Now in heaven exalted I, hallelujah, what a Savior. When he comes, our glorious King, all his ransom home to bring, then anew this song will sing, Hallelujah, what a Savior. They bound the hands of Jesus in the garden where he prayed. They led him through the streets in shame. They spat upon the Savior, so pure and free from sin. They said, crucify him, he's to blame. Upon his precious head, they placed a crown of thorns. They laughed and said, behold, the king. They struck him and they cursed him and mocked his holy name. All alone he suffered everything. When they nailed him to the cross, his mother stood nearby. She said, woman, behold my son. He cried, I thirst for water, but they gave him none to drink. Then the sinful work of man was done. Your only son, no sin to hide, but you have set him from your side to walk upon this guilty sod and to become the Lamb of God. Your gift of love 
they crucified. They laughed and scorned him as he died. Thy humble king they named a fraud and sacrificed the Lamb of God. O Lamb of God, sweet Lamb of God, I love the holy Lamb of God. Oh, wash me in his precious blood, my Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. Oh, wash me in his precious blood. My Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. Through the howling mob he yielded, he did not for mercy cry. The cross of shame he took alone and when he cried it's finished he gave himself to die salvation's wondrous plan was done no my Savior, waiting the coming day, Jesus, my Lord. Vainly they watch his bed, Jesus, my Savior, vainly they seal the dead, Jesus, my Lord. Death cannot keep his prey, Jesus, my Savior, He tore the bars away. Jesus, my Lord, up from the grave He arose with a mighty triumph for His foes. He arose a victim from the dark domain, and He lives forever with His saints to reign. He arose, He arose, hallelujah, Christ arose. He arose, He arose, hallelujah, Christ arose.
brothers and sisters. This morning we are meeting in our homes once again, uh, not too unlike some of the early uh, first century church did. Uh, there was a house church in Ephesus uh, at Priscilla and Aquila's home and much of the New Testament uh, written by Paul. Some of it was written under house arrest. So while we are in our homes trying to take care of ourselves and our families, this isn't entirely unusual to the first century. Um, where two or three are gathered in Christ's name, he is with us. And uh, we, I wanted to welcome you into our home this morning uh, to share communion together. Um, Chad challenged us this week to be looking at 1 Peter. I'm going to read a few verses from the end of chapter 2. Um, it's just perilous times, it seems. It's... Uh, rough times. We, um, we have this virus and it's throughout the world and it's spreading and uh, people are um, sick by it, uh, dying by it. It's taking over lives. It is keeping people in fear and people feel so crowded and stuck and chained by this virus. Uh, this virus is affecting all of us in some ways and this virus is keeping us from the life that we were meant to live, that God gave us to be whole and wholesome and to live in unity with him. And this virus is called sin. And this sin is something that we've all partaken in. And because of that sin, there had to be a sacrifice for it, for us to be able to live whole and eternal again with God our Father. And he sent his blessed, precious, only son to be the healing for our sin. He took that cross on his back, carried that load, was nailed to it, and stood on it for six hours just trying to breathe. And finally gave up his last breath to give us healing. Let's look at these words in First Peter chapter 2 starting in verse 21. For you have been called for this purpose, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps, who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. And he himself bore our sins in his body, on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness for by his wounds you are healed thanks be to god that he sent jesus to heal us from this sin and that christ conquered it through his death and that he was buried and that he was raised so that we no longer have to look back on our life of sin but we look forward to an eternal life with wholesome new bodies to live eternally with him. If you'll gather around and grab uh, your communion bread, I'd like to pray as we think about the body that Christ gave on that cross to save us and to heal us. If you would pray with me, please. Dear Father in heaven, uh, we thank you we thank you for the sacrifice of your son, Jesus. We thank you for the willingness to send him. We thank you, Jesus Christ, that you were willing to walk 
on this earth, your own creation, to live as us, to live like us, to understand the temptations we go through and to struggle with sickness and illness. And yet you didn't struggle with the main illness that causes death in our lives and that's sin. You overcame it and you dealt with it on the cross and you gave it up forever. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father in heaven, for saving us, sending your Son to heal us. In his name we pray, amen. If you'll pray with me, we'll pray for the fruit of the vine that represents the blood of the, the Son, Jesus, who, who sacrificed his life for us. Pray with me, please. Dear Father in heaven, again, we come to your throne, and we thank you for the sacrifice of your Son. We thank you by his stripes uh, that we are healed, that we are set free from the change and the bondage that kept us away from you, and we thank you that he has relieved us of that and that we have hope of eternal life with you. We look forward to your son coming back someday so that we can live with you eternally. And we take of this fruit of the vine and we re re uh, remember your son's sacrifice and, rep and know that it represents the blood that he shed for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining in communion with me this morning, and uh, I really miss seeing every one of you. Hopefully, we'll be back together soon as we practice this distance, social distancing. Make sure we're not distant again, not distant in spirit. Make sure to reach out to one another. I know that you already are, but uh, reach out to one another throughout the week. Uh, if there's anything that we can do for you, please let us know. Uh, call the office and uh, let us know your needs or find one of our phone numbers and uh, the elders numbers and we're here for you. Let us know if you need prayer or have any needs that you need met. Um, until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you. There is beyond the azure blue a God concealed from human sight. He did skies with heavenly hue and framed the worlds with his great might. There is a God, he is alive, in him we live and we survive. From dust our God created man. He is our God, the great I am. Let us end this morning with a closing prayer. Dear God, 
come to you this morning to honor and love you. Lord, as I sit here this morning, I'm reminded of your journey across that sea. It began in Mark with you saying, when evening had come. Lord, for weeks now, evening has been here. Darkness has overcome our nation, our streets, and our cities. It's overtaken our lives. We feel it in the air, and we notice it in people's gestures. We find ourselves lost and afraid, Lord. But like your disciples, we're, we're all caught off guard by this unexpected, turbulent storm. Now more than ever, we realize we're sailing together on that same boat, confused and weak. We have also realized we're in need, all of us, to comfort each other. We're all here on this boat. We remember your words to the disciples on the sea that day, that evening, excuse me. Why are you afraid? Have you no faith? You're calling us at this time to choose, to choose what truly matters and to let unnecessary things pass away. It's a call to choose to get our lives back on track with you, Lord. Our faith truly begins with when we realize we need salvation. We need you, Lord. Lord, please give us health, excuse me, please give health to the weak and to the sick. Help them find refuge in you. Lord, keep our families and friends safe, and please give comfort to those who have lost their loved ones. Lord, comfort our hearts and let the Spirit ease our minds like the angels reminded your followers in Matthew 28. Do not be afraid. He is not here. He has risen. Let your love surround us to help us not be afraid because we know we will make it to the shore on the other side and morning will come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great rest of your week. Take care.